Good morning, my friends. This is Pastor Stephen Brooks coming to you on Wednesday morning, our Morning Glory Midweek Bible Study. I'm so happy that you're here today. And yes, we are streaming today through our new Leica Cinema Camera. I'm so thankful to all of our ministry partners and online church members that help us just keep the ministry moving forward in every aspect of excellence, whether it's television, internet streaming, or the many other outreaches of the ministry. Thank you for helping us to utilize cutting-edge technology. And also, we're planning on upgrading our audio as soon as possible to digital, and we're wanting to get a digital mixer, but so many of them, you can't even buy them now. They're completely sold out, and there's chip shortages, and that creates backlogs and those types of products that use that. But we're told in November, we're first in line to get one of these real nice digital mixers. Hopefully, they can get it in stock sooner, and uh, we have our audio guy working with his best connections to uh, help us in that area. So thank you, uh, again, ministry partners, church members, for helping us to move the ministry forward in the various platforms that God has made available for us to share the gospel through. Praise the Lord. Now, today, I want to talk about what it takes for prophecies to come to pass. What it takes for prophecies to come to pass. And I'm not just talking about a prophet ministering to you, uh, which is good, or even getting a word from the Lord uh, from your devotional time. I, I want to focus more today on what you need to do to bring it to pass in your life. Now, let me start off by saying this. Faith is not believing that God will do something. Faith is doing what God says you must do in order for Him to do something. I want to say it again. Let it go into your spirit. Faith is not believing that God will do something. Faith is doing what God says you must do in order for Him to do something. Woo! Praise the Lord. Now, it's very important that you do what you are supposed to do. Not just believing, not just being in faith, but you also have to do what you are supposed to do. And as you obey and walk these things out, that's when God's power is released. I, over the years, have seen those who've stayed, uh, I would call it maybe stuck in a certain mode of believing and believing and they see the next step, but there, there is that element of faith where you sense, uh, you sense risk. Uh, maybe that's why sometimes people, they don't want to move forward, so they just stay in that church mode of believing and believing. But when you are really walking this out with the Lord, there will be uh, eventually, it, oftentimes it doesn't take that long, but you'll get to a place where He shows you the next step that you have to take. And that is really something that is a vital, necessary requirement that we do that and that we step into it when we see what it is. Now, God's power is certainly able to fulfill any prophetic word that's been delivered, but faith is a requirement to see that our prophecies come to pass. Faith is a requirement. You're not going to get it done without walking in the faith that God has given to you. And without the moving of God's hand, 
your prophecy also is just not going to be realized. It's going to take God. Now, we, we understand that, and God's miracle power is going to have to come on the scene, and it will as you continue to believe Him and move forward in obedience. Now, look at this in Luke chapter 1, verse 45. Blessed is she who believed for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. So when you hear the word of the Lord and you believe it and take a hold of it, my friends, you're heading towards fulfillment of what God's prophetic word has spoken into your life. Praise God. We also see the same uh, principle applied in Isaiah 53. Chapter 53, verse 1. Who has believed our report? See, it's more than just getting the report and rejoicing over it. You have to believe the report. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Now, the arm of the Lord is the power of God moving in your life. So first you have to believe it. And when you believe it, you release faith, you exercise faith, that's when the power of God will begin to move and will begin to help you go forward until that word, that prophecy is completely fulfilled in your life. Praise God. But my friends, you, you can't just hear the report and then not respond. You know, somebody could hear the gospel and you can share the gospel with them and they can say, you know what? I really believe that what you're saying is the truth. Good. Are you ready to repent from your sins and give your life to God? No, I don't, I don't really want to do that. Well, they're still left out of the blessing. And unless they release their faith and choose to receive Christ, they're lost in their sins. So my friends, faith can't just be uh, uh, passive or stuck in neutral. You have to use your faith to receive what God has for you. Take hold of the promise of God and believe it. And that's when the hand of God, the arm of God will be stretched forth in your life. Stop and think for a moment about the 12 spies uh, in the book of Numbers, how they went into uh, the Canaan land and they spied out the land and they saw the valley of Eshkol and these beautiful grape clusters, one cluster of grapes so big and so uh, abundant that two men had to carry it on a pole. So everything about the land that flows with milk and honey was true. Uh, actually, it was, it was even better than what they had heard the rumors of. They saw it with their own eyes. But out of the 12, only two actually believed that God could do what he said he would do. And so when the 12 went back to the camp and they reported to everybody what they had seen, they said, oh, yes, it's all true. All the good stuff is there. But 10 said, it's impossible for us to go in and actually take it because there, there are just too many circumstances that we cannot overcome. And the other two, they were completely different. They said, no, we can go. And Caleb said, not only can we do it, let's go up right now. Let's not have a debate. Let's not have a committee vote. Let's go do this right now. But it says that the 10 gave a bad report. I like what the King James Version calls it, calls it an evil report. And that report of unbelief and doubt and pessimism 
basically what is identified in Scripture as a grasshopper way of thinking, a grasshopper mentality. It caused doubt and unbelief to go through the whole camp. And then you had a whole bunch of people uh, doubting and pouting and crying and uh, bemoaning their situation. And my friends, uh, these are things we have to be aware of and be very, very careful about this because God, God knows that you're going to have your challenges. But beware of these negative circumstances that they don't freeze you from moving forward from what you know the next step is. So uh, it's more than just hearing the word and rejoicing over the word and even believing the word. You must obey. You must go up and possess. And when you know that you get to that next step, yes, yes, you, you may think in your heart, it is true. I have never gone this way before. That's what they were feeling. They were like, we've never, I mean, we've been in bondage for hundreds of years and now now we're free although we're out in the out in the desert uh it, you know we're still now, now we've crossed the the river and now we're moving into the land so to speak but uh th- this is all new for them this is a whole new generation that hasn't known what it is to conquer to taste uh victory and to win uh things by exercising and using your faith so can we say it's a little bit scary it can be, but God's with you as you go through it. And you can, you can sense those circumstances. You can, you can see the giants like they did. But my friends, you've got to go. You cannot just uh, say, well, I, I do believe it. Well, if we believe that, now we must go. We must take the next step. And that is where some, uh, they will not go into that. And if you, if, if you find yourself doing that, you'll get stuck. And you'll realize the prophecy is not getting fulfilled. So it's more than just believing, believing. It's also believing and being obedient to go forward when it's time to go forward. And God's with you. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, last year with the uh, COVID lockdown, we had our best year ever in ministry. Uh, in over uh, 22 years of ministry, we've, we had the best financial year we've ever had. And this year, uh, we have been stretching forth even into uh, new outreaches of the ministry going further because we are believing to win one million souls to the Lord Jesus Christ. So my friends, we're all in. We're all in. So we must use our faith, uh, even if there's circumstances. And we've seen that. We've seen COVID, and then we've seen other variants of COVID, uh, the Delta variant. And, uh, you know, I've been told that there's really not enough uh, letters in the alphabet to list all the other variants that are already starting to float around in various nations of the world. You know, you have the D variant, uh, the Delta variant, but they say there's, uh, there's an E and an F and, and so forth. So we'll, we'll always have challenges. And I'm not saying that the COVID's going to get worse. I want to see this thing die. As uh, many of us in the body of Christ, corporately, we curse this dirty, filthy COVID and send it back to hell where it came from and that we can get past this and move on into what God has for us, which is being busy about the kingdom. But even my friends with circumstances, you can't say, well, this causes me to shut down. No, you can go forward and you can even increase even in the most unusual circumstances when you have faith in God. And also when you take those obedient steps to continue to move forward in faith, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, Faith is not just believing God. Again, 
Faith is obeying God. Woo, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. These are things that we're learning to exercise and walk in. Faith is obeying God to prove that we believe him. See, you could say, well, I have faith. I have faith. But when we obey, we actually prove that we really do believe him. It's not just lip service. It has actions put with it. Believing can never be used solely as a substitute uh, for doing. You're eventually going to have to do the part of doing. And I, I know what that's like. Um, it wouldn't be hard on anybody. When you actually step up to the place where, you, and you know God's in it, but it's now time to do it. And perhaps you've never done it before. You're like, wow, <laughs> Lord, uh, uh, this is what I've heard about others do it, uh, how they do it when they have faith. Yes, and you'll come into new things. And, and eventually, because you step into it, you'll acclimate. And let me say this, so often with the Lord, as, as he's taking you from faith to faith, glory to glory, and strength to strength, so often if, with, with God's help, if you just get your foot in the door, You'll never go back again. You'll, you're through. You just get your foot in there, and then the next thing, your leg's in there, and then you're all the way in, and the next thing, you're doing it, and before you know it, you've been doing it for six months, uh, for a year, or a couple of years, and then you're ready, what? You're ready to keep going forward into the next phase that God has for you. But I see you breaking into new territory. I see the Lord being glorified through not just your believing, but also your obeying. And that's proof. That's proof that you really do believe, praise the Lord. In order for your prophecies to come to pass, you must believe the word of God and obey by moving forward and completing the next step in the process. And sometimes you bump up to a, a, a big step in the process. Maybe it requires a signature and you know what's going through your mind. You're thinking, wow, if I sign this, I'm in. This, this is real. Yep, it sure is. And that's where your faith can bring you to. It can bring you to amazing things that God will do for your life when you believe, when you believe. Hallelujah. So of course, also, this is why you pray everything out before just pursuing something. You don't want to pursue anything that's not on God's trajectory or agenda for your life. Look, look if it's not on your menu, uh, you've got enough to do without getting sidetracked, doing something God never spoke to you to do. And uh, this is very, very important. But we've covered that type of a subject before. But now we're talking about when you're actually walking it out and when you're actually doing it. And like I've said many times before, uh, when you really do live the life of faith, it's not like you're always maybe uh, on the edge or something like that because God's, God's always with you. But it certainly, it certainly uh, does help you to understand that you, you have enough excitement walking with the Lord. You don't have to go out and uh, look for something exciting like those who don't know the Lord. So they're out there doing maybe uh, things where they're risking their life in some kind of a uh, uh, you know, wild sport, you know, like, like jumping off the top of a building and pulling the parachute just before they hit the ground or something like that. Well, you can forget all of that when you, know, when you start walking with the Lord. <laughs> Faith is a very, very exciting walk. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. All right. Uh, think just for a moment about Abraham. I want us to look at this. I was meditating on this uh, last night. Uh, this is Genesis chapter 22. You know the story. But think again about the reality 
where it's actually time for him to walk it out and what must have been going through his mind. See, uh, biblical faith, the faith that comes from God is in your heart. It's not in your head. It's not something that's intellectual. It's something that's spiritual. So God's faith is in your heart. But while that faith is working in your heart, your head uh, can just be getting, when I'm talking about your head, I'm talking about your, your mind can just be uh, getting bombarded by the enemy or by the circumstances that are saying it's not going to work. It's not going to, and usually it'll say it won't work for you. And uh, it'll let others off the hook who've already done it because they've proved that God is faithful. But when you actually start to do it, the circumstances will scream and shout, it won't work for you. It won't work for you. But here is what I have found that it's so true, and uh, Prophet Kenneth Hagin said this many years ago. He said that he found that faith will work in your heart even if there's doubt in your head. Because your, your head, your intellect can, uh, you know, our, our mind, or what we would call the soulish realm of man, is not yet fully redeemed. Now, one day it will be, and that's going to be a wonderful moment when we have our full redemption in our minds, which is our, uh, our, our soul, or our mind, will, and emotion. Now, our spirit has been completely reborn again, regenerated, and our spirit is always ready to go with God. But our minds, they can, they can uh, that's where the enemy hits us. It's like a, it's a battle. It's a, it's a thought life battle. And so you can, what I'm trying to say is that when you're, when you're walking it out, you can sense all that stuff hitting you, hitting you, trying to hit your mind. But my friends, that's what the shield of faith is for. Just keep the shield up and keep on going. And you can keep on going and that faith will work in your heart. Even if that stuff's flying around up there, trying to, trying to bug you or bother you. And here's something fascinating I want, I want to share. There is a point when, when the enemy realizes you're not quitting and you're not stopping and you're, you're going all the way. There's a point he just gives up. And uh, I can't always identify where that is at because it's different sometimes. But if you keep pushing, even when all that stuff is hitting you, there will come a point you just you walk through it. And he's just like, I, I've lost. <laughs> he or she's won this one. And he'll let you go on because he has to because he can't do anything about it. And that is the power of the Holy Spirit to work with you and just to keep you going and to stay the course until you break through. Praise God. Amen. Now, verse 1. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning. I mean, see, he believed the word. He, he's not... He's not trying to like lie to himself and say, well, maybe I had too much pizza. I don't know if that was God that really spoke to me or not to uh, go out and, you know, uh, offer my son as a sacrifice. Maybe, maybe uh, I had a bad dream. No, no. He knew that was the voice of God. He, he knows. And look, so do you, you know, the true leading of the Holy Spirit, you know, what's real and you know, what's also out there in the soulish realm. So uh, look how he not only believes, but the next morning, boom, he's on it. He's already up. He's already like, it's God just count it done because I'm going to do it. He's getting the firewood together. He gets a couple of his servants to go with him. He gets his son. Come on, Isaac. We're going on a trip. 
<laughs> That's going to be an unforgettable trip. Now look, when we get to heaven, I, we're all going to want to sit down and hear Isaac's version uh, from his perspective. Uh, like, how did this actually go down? I mean, did your dad say, hey, lay down, I'm going to tie you up. I brought you up here because really you're the, you're the sacrifice. Um, or did his dad sneak up behind him and uh, tie him up real quick? And, you know, that, that way he wouldn't have to struggle or, you know, you know, so only, uh, only uh, Abraham and Isaac knew in the sense of what it was really like. And we'll be able to talk about that one day in heaven. But my friends, don't you know that that stuff was trying to go through Abraham's mind? You've lost your mind. You've gone crazy. You know, this, you're, you're going to kill your son. You know, what will happen when you go back? What's your wife going to say? Where's he at? You know, so the the enemy tries to hit you with all of that, but obedience. You 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 can never find another substitute for obedience. You have to do what the Lord said to do, and I think it's fascinating because uh, we see here that uh, in verse six, Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. Then he said, look for the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Now let's go directly to uh, verse 10. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. I believe that Abraham took that knife and was bringing it back. You know, you get a little momentum. It's like a golf swing. You kind of bring it back and then you, you have that little catch and then you release all of that. Well, same thing here. He just had that knife up, brought it back. And that's right at that moment, right when he was about to release all that energy and bring it down. That is when the heavenly voice spoke to him and basically said, don't do it. This has been a test. My friends, you have to obey. You have to hear the word and walk that out in obedience. And thank God we don't have to do anything like this. This was a warm-up, uh, perhaps, as we could call it, a what theologians call a type or a shadow that became in the New Testament a substance a reality when God the Father allowed his son to lay his life down as a willing, sinless sacrifice to redeem lost mankind back to God. And this time the Father didn't stop it from going through. He didn't pull back and say, hey, this is just a test. No, no, his son died on the cross. And my friends, it's a very, very beautiful thing. But obedience is a requirement. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. So prophetic scriptures, they speak to our life while a prophet speaks to a moment in our life. You're always going to need the prophetic word to be coming into you on a regular basis. You're going to need your rhema word, your daily bread, because there are things that you'll check off on your, on your prophetic list and you'll move on. And you're going to need another word that, that keeps sustaining you and give you the strength that you need and the direction that you need. So the prophetic word that you need is coming from God and how he's going to bring it to you. It could be through his word, could be through a prophet. It could, uh, it could be 
through someone who's prophetic, who's picked up on it, and they share that with you. And I've had that happen many times. You don't always have to have a prophet share something with you. Any any believer, potentially, who's filled with the Spirit uh, can get over into the area of prophecy, the gift of prophecy, which in its simplest form is for three things, edification, exhortation, and comfort. That's something that any believer can move into. And sometimes you can pick things up for people and you can share that with others and it brings uh, a building up, a strengthening. It, it, it edifies them and it comforts them and encourages them to keep on going. Praise the Lord. Now, let's go a little bit further today. We're talking about what it takes to bring your prophecies to pass. It takes believing, but it takes obedience. You're going to have to be obedient. Praise the Lord. Now, along with faith and obedience, there is this other area that is a requirement. Uh, I, I would say that this one is more overlooked. I, I think most of us, as you begin to walk with the Lord, you realize, yes, you have to be in faith. And you need to be obedient. But this other one can escape us and it can hold us back. Let's dig into it. This one is something that I would identify as a kingdom mystery. The reason I say a kingdom mystery is because uh, on the surface, it may not seem to be that that important, but when you start to look at it, you realize how powerful it is, and it very quickly would begin to make sense that, oh, now I see that if that were not there, uh, it would be probably pretty much impossible for the prophecy to come to pass. And this is what I want to talk about now. I want to talk about dedication. Genuine dedication to God and the interest of his kingdom is a divine mystery behind the miracle fulfillment of prophecy. So many of our prophecies and the things that God has spoken, we're never going to be able to do it in our own ability, our own ingenuity, or our own strength. It will take the hand of God to move. And we see that that hand moves with believing faith that is obedient. But we're also going to have to really be aware of this area of dedication. Again, genuine dedication to God and the interest of his kingdom is a divine mystery behind the miracle fulfillment of prophecy. I want you to see something very interesting, very similar to your life in uh, Psalm 92. In Psalm 92, let's go to verse 12. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Verse 13, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. I want to talk just for a moment about the cocoa tree. And this tree, of course, uh, grows a lot in South America. And it's where we get chocolate from. But really, it's a fruit that grows on the tree and when it's cut open and split open, there are these beans on the inside of it, and they're, they're eventually uh, dried out and so forth, and then they are uh, certain things are done with them, and it goes through a process from which chocolate is made. Praise God. But the cocoa tree can live to be 100 years old. And I, I, I think the Lord would be thrilled for so many of you to uh, go forward with long life 
because you can do more for the Lord and you can enjoy life. And then when you're finally done, let's say you cross 100, then you can be uh, uh, in a place where you've completed everything, just like the cocoa tree, and you can call it a wrap. But the cocoa tree, it takes it a while for it to reach maturity. But when it reaches maturity, it can produce these amazing beans uh, from where we get our chocolate for 50 years, sometimes 60 years, nonstop, just nonstop, 60 years of producing, 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 producing. What's going on here? They shall, they shall bear fruit in old age. They shall bear fruit. They shall be fresh and flourishing. This is, this is uh, in a sense, the consistent fulfillment of prophecy. And you're getting, you're getting them fulfilled over and over and over again. But so often like trees, particularly, particularly the uh, cocoa tree, it has a very long taproot that goes very deep into the ground. And if you ever move a cocoa tree, you're probably going to kill it. And uh, it, it just shocks it. It's very hard for it to ever recover. And if you uproot it and it's not planted, it's not going to produce. My friends, you have to be dedicated to the Lord. You, uh, and the secret is in the consistency. It's not like, well, Pastor Stephen, I was on fire for God and it lasted for about 14 days. Then after that, I just got caught back up in life again and not really into God very much like I used to. See, that is a lack of dedication. And if you're not dedicated, if, if your taproot is not in, you're not going to be producing the, the potential fruit that God has made available for you to push out. And you can keep doing this until you're, you're old. I mean, that tree can live to be 100 you can live to be a hundred too. You could have 60 plus years of just nonstop production prophecies being fulfilled. But if you ever, if you ever get out of the soil, if you ever get out of dedication, it's finished. It's finished. The tree can't produce. My friends, neither can you and I. We have got to stay rooted. We have got to stay dedicated to the Lord in the midst of a Western culture where the walk with the Lord is considered to be something that uh, almost like a uh, go church, punch your time card, good. That's all God requires. Uh, pay your tithe, good, and you're good to go. Live your life however you want. But God requires dedication. He requires that you give Him your very best in your walk with Him, in your pursuit of Him, in your reverence of Him, your respect for Him. Oh, praise the Lord. This is very important, more important than we've ever really understood. Praise God. So I want to say be dedicated and stay dedicated, and you're going to see prophecies come to pass. And look, when this level of dedication is there, this is not like you're struggling to get these prophecies fulfilled. Oh, God. Oh, God, do it. Oh, God, have you forgotten? No, God hasn't forgotten. But when you're dialed in, you know God's working on it. You even know the sequential steps that he's helping you to accomplish and walk out. And before you know it, you're there. There's another one accomplished to the glory of God. Another prophecy brought to pass by the power of God. But you must be dedicated. Praise the Lord. One time I was ministering. My wife and I, we were in Calgary 
Alberta, Canada. Very, very beautiful place. One of the uh, cleanest cities in, in the world. And we were ministering at a particular church, and, and when I was ministering, the Holy Spirit began to move in a very unusual way, very, very strong. The gentleman that was playing the keyboard was playing some beautiful worship music. Uh, it was pretty much uh, just the keyboard. Everybody else was listening because the glory, and everybody else just kind of uh, like real alert because the glory of the Lord was there. And suddenly, on top of the keyboard, the whole keyboard was instantly covered with ashes. And I'm not talking about dust. Maybe, you know, well, Pastor Stephen, maybe that was dust. No, you could scoop it off. You could slide it off. You could, you could, uh, you could pick it up and look at it. It was ashes. It was burnt. It was something burnt up. Now, whenever you see ashes or, or smell ashes in the, in the spirit, that is a representation that your sins are forgiven and they are forgotten. And in the eyes of God, they are gone. And if they're gone in the eyes of God, they're gone completely. Praise the Lord. Well, when the keyboard player saw all of these ashes all over the top of the keyboard, and he, and he knew what that meant. He, he, he knew it meant he's forgiven. Well, he fell, he fell out. Um, he somehow, and this is what's so amazing about the Holy Spirit, he somehow fell backwards, but it was not like real dramatic or like a distracting thing where maybe he could have hurt himself. He just kind of fell back and kind of sloped and fell down somehow and just, he's almost like he just melted <laughs> like chocolate. <laughs> and the next thing you know, he's on the floor. Well, he stayed on the floor maybe for 30 minutes and uh, I kept ministering to other people and things like that. But eventually, the service begins to close, and then eventually the service is over. And he was still trying to pull himself together so that he could, you know, uh, you know, go home, drive, get in the car, and drive home, and so forth. But I wanted to talk to him before he left, and uh, I stopped him, and we, he and I sat down for a moment, and the pastor was there too. Uh, because we wanted to find out what was going on, what really happened. And, uh, and in other words, I said, what was going on with you while you were laying on the floor, and what's the takeaway from this experience? See, it's, it's not about falling out or jumping or screaming or shouting. It's about, did God change something in you so that you can move forward in a way that honors the Lord. Uh, so that's uh, fine if you fall. That's fine if you scream, uh, scream or shout or holler or roll on the floor. But the most important thing is, is that when you get up, has God done a work that's real that will produce uh, the results that God is looking for? So I said, what's the takeaway from uh, your experience uh, having uh, you know, fallen out? Uh, what's your takeaway from this? Oh, he said, it's quite simple. He said, the words just came to me so clearly. I can do better. I can do better. And he just knew, I have not been devoted to the Lord the way I should be. I'm enjoying my Christian life. I know I'm going to heaven, and I know everything's kind of like, you know, how can I say good between me and God? It's not like he's out doing something awful or bad. But in the area of commitment, and dedication, he could do so much more. He could bear so much fruit. And you know, when you get to heaven, it's not like you get a second go at this. Well, that, now that I know there's rewards, and now that I know there's eternal glory, let me go back, oh God, and do it again. Well, you, you can't. It, it, it's, it's all set and done. 
and the way that you live your life here determines how your eternity will be in, in, in the work of the Lord and things going forward. Uh, here's a mistaken thought. A lot of evangelical Christians, and I'm an evangelical, uh, they like to say that when Christ comes back and reigns for a thousand years, we'll reign with him. Not necessarily. Uh, Only select people will be allowed to rule and reign with the Lord during his 1,000-year millennial reign. Well, Pastor Stephen, I'm going to reign over a nation. Well, you've only got so many nations. <laughs> Even if you have 200, what is that? Just You've only got 200 people, one, per, one, one person per, per nation. So you can see that if you have billions and billions of Christians throughout the collective uh, history of the church, it's not like you can plug everybody in and have them all rule over a nation. There's not enough nations to go around. So how you live your life now determines your setting for all eternity. And a lot of that A big chunk of that has to do with your dedication to the Lord. And I thought his words, his takeaway from his experience were very, very beautiful. I can do better. Him taking personal responsibility for his life and his outcome and realizing there's room for improvement. And my friends, I think we can have those times with the Lord when we realize, just like the cocoa tree, uh, Lord, I think I'm limiting myself. I think I'm not utilizing my time to the best of my ability. And Lord, I feel like I, I could do more for your kingdom. My friends, now is when we make those adjustments. And when you're all in and you're really pushing to the best of your ability uh, to be involved in your walk with the Lord and to move forward the, God's kingdom and what's on his heart within the kingdom, then the fulfillment of prophecies. It's never a struggle. It's never a struggle. You're going to be producing fruit well into your latter years. Praise God. Those who are planted, see, the the deep taproot, the deep devotion, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Praise God. So stay dedicated, and the fruit that God intends for you to produce will be that of a high quality and also of a high volume. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, we know, I want to share one more verse. We know that Jesus, he stayed dedicated, and because he stayed dedicated to the calling to the assignment, because of that purpose, every single prophecy that pertained to his earthly ministry was fulfilled. And even when he went to the cross, he had a few more, a few more prophecies that had to be fulfilled. But all said and done, he got every single thing accomplished. Every prophecy was checked off. Everything was done. Why? His deep dedication to God We see one example of that in the Gospel of John, chapter 4, and in verse 31. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat, of which you do not know. Therefore the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do 
the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you see the dedication? Now, that doesn't mean that he didn't have time for recreation. Uh, Husbands, that doesn't mean that you don't have time to take your wife out to a nice dinner and uh, spend time and, uh, you know, vice versa, wives to uh, honor your your husband and to treat your husband nice and do those nice things that makes him happy. But my friends, our, our dedication to the Lord is the thing that we anchor our lives and build our lives around. Hallelujah. We do live in a culture where we have so many options of so many things that would try to pull our dedication away that it's very easy to drift before you realize it. The next thing you know, you're quite a ways away from where you uh, had previously been. But keep your dedication strong to the Lord, and you're going to see, you're going to see prophecies start, just, they're going to start to happen. They're going to start to happen, start to happen. And this, this does demand very, very strong dedication. Praise the Lord. But my friends, the, the fruit coming out of this is just, um, it's incredible. So this is what it takes. Strong dedication and believing and obeying what God told you to do. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Sounded like my Siri just heard me on my phone. He said, I couldn't hear what you said. So I'll say it again for everybody. When we put these things together of obedience from what it is that we believe in, what we know we're supposed to do, and also when we fully dedicate ourselves, mm -mm, God sees to it that even the most difficult prophecies, the ones that you're believing that perhaps others heard about and they scoffed and laughed and said that will never happen for that person. Those are the ones that God's going to do because it will greatly glorify Him. It's going to move you forward in His plan for your life. Praise the Lord. Glory, glory to God. Now, as I'm sharing this, I sense in my heart that there are some of you that you're saying the same thing as that gentleman that was laying on the floor that previously sat on the keyboard and was playing the the keyboard, he said, I can do better. And that is something that's stirring in you. And you realize that instead of uh, pushing at 100%, maybe you've only been at 30. Your, Your dedication to the Lord maybe has only been at 70. But it's time. It's time to give God your very, very best. And that's, that's only something that, that you and God know. It's just like food. You know what your favorite food is. And if I were to serve it to you, you, you can't act like you're not happy. You know you're happy. You're, I, I can see it in your hand. I can see the way you're getting that fork ready. <laughs> that's the food you like. <laughs> and so in this area of dedication, uh, it's not like, well, you don't really know. No, you know. You know what you like, and you know what your level is at, and that's something that only you and God can clearly identify. So identify that with the Lord, and if you realize God, I haven't been giving you my best, make that adjustment today and get ready to see prophecies fulfilled swiftly. Praise God. Heavenly Father, I pray for those that are watching right now that their prophecies be fulfilled and that they realize that they're going to be in a much happier place of joy and contentment by being fully dedicated. Thank you, Father. We give you praise in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm also sensing that there are some that previously were very dedicated, and perhaps you were hurt or something uh, went a wrong direction. And I'm not talking about with the Lord, of course. I'm talking about perhaps maybe serving in the house of God or being involved in, in the work of the Lord. And uh, maybe something left a bad taste in your mouth because it wasn't done the right way and it caused you to pull back. Well, uh, you may not be able to get replugged back in into that, in it, that, that previous thing the way that you were, but you need to find some way that you are plugged in into uh, your dedication to God. Praise the Lord. It could be something that is hands-on, like what I'm talking about right now. It could be dedication in the area uh, of supporting the work of the Lord financially. It could be dedication in the area of uh, not being uh, ashamed to tell people about Christ. You have to be dedicated to the Lord. Mm-mm. So the Holy Spirit, he's, he, he's doing what only you can do right now. He's scanning hearts, and he's helping us to step up and give God, who is fully deserving, a very, very best. Praise the Lord. Now, if you're watching today's program, and you've never made Christ your Lord and Savior, salvation is available right now. If you want to receive forgiveness of your sins and receive eternal life, then pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner, but you died to save sinners just like me. Jesus, I repent of my sins and I give my life to you. Jesus, come into my heart, wash all of my sins away, write my name in your book of life. And I take you as my Lord and Savior now. Jesus, thank you for saving me. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. And those of you that have prayed that for the first time, welcome to the family of God. Praise the Lord. Now, before we go today, let's all take Holy Communion together. If you're a Christian, you belong to Jesus. And uh, uh, even if this is not your online church home, you can still take communion with us. We are believers together, and we can proclaim the Lord's death until he comes because it's through his death that we now have victory and complete forgiveness of sins. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right, so let's grab some unleavened bread and grape juice. I use these little uh, portable communion cups and uh, Let's pray over it. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it. We set it apart as being holy through this prayer. And we thank you that this is the body and the blood of Jesus. And Father, as we receive the body, the flesh of Jesus, we just thank you, Father God, for sold out dedication. And whatever capacity that we could dedicate our lives to you, we do it fully so that we're quick to respond and we're quick to believe just like Mary was when the messenger angel Gabriel brought the good news. We believe and we obey also just like Abraham. We give you praise, O oh God. So Father, we thank you for the body of Jesus. We receive it now. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's partake together. Pastor Stephen, what happens when I become fully dedicated? I'll tell you this right now. Your dedication will end your frustration. 
See, dedication ends frustration. When you're dedicated to the Lord, you're on the right track. Woo, you're on the, you're on the right track. You're in the good stuff. You're in there with God. You're abiding in the vine. You're producing continually, continually. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, dedication is a kingdom mystery. It's, it's overlooked. A lot of times Christians think they're dedicated, and God realizes they're, they're, they're half committed. You must be fully dedicated for prophecies to be fulfilled. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. Father, if there has been a lack of dedication in a way that would be sinful in your eyes, just a, a blatant disregard for your heart and for your kingdom purpose, we ask, O oh God, that your blood would flow and cleanse us from all sin and all unrighteousness. We turn from all sin. Father God, we, we choose to give you our very best. Thank you. Thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, some of you, uh, there's a few of you that uh, in this area of obedience, there are some things you've known what the, uh, there are, there's something that you've known what it is you're supposed to do, and you haven't done it because you're afraid. And we're not going to put you in the category with the 10 spies, but uh, you've been in a place of unbelief, and that has kept prophecies from being fulfilled. Well, today, rise up in faith and do what God has already told you to do. And then you're going to see the Lord bless you and you're going to be able to move forward. So, Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus and complete forgiveness of all sins in his name. Amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Glory, 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 glory to God. Hallelujah. This is a new day for you. This is a fresh start for you. God's going to work quick in your life. He's going to work quick on your behalf. And you're going to begin to see now prophecy after prophecy be fulfilled. Well, Pastor Stephen, what happens when they're all complete? You're going to get some more. Praise the Lord. You'll get some more. Father, bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen. My friends, thanks for watching today. Look forward to seeing you back next time. Till then, stay blessed. Bye-bye.